0: Thanks for downloading this episode of On Comedy Writing. This is the podcast about the business and craft of writing comedy. I'm your host, Alan Johnson. This is our fourth episode, and our guest this week is Jack Allison, a former Jimmy Kimmel writer. Out of the handful of episodes we've recorded, this is my favorite so far, because not only is Jack such an intelligent guy, but he's also really open about his experiences in the entertainment industry. We also caught him at an interesting point in his career – which we get into later in the episode. So here's Jack Allison. Hey, Jack, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, like where, where are you from originally? Um, I grew up uh,
1: here in Sherman Oaks or, you know, here okay. in Los Angeles in the, you know, Sherman Oaks region
0: of mm-hmm. it. Did you did you live there your whole childhood?
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, uh, I was born in Manhattan, but I you know my my oh. family moved out here before I was even one year old, uh, and so I just sort of grew up uh, in the valley. They move here for work. Yeah, my dad did special effects, um, and uh, my mom was sort of working with him, uh, and yeah, there was like work out there. He was working for he did like Cosmos. He did the effects for like the 1980s. Oh Cosmos. wow, that's awesome. Yeah, um, and so yeah, I guess they just you know. There's more there was work out here, so they moved yeah. out here.
0: That's, did you ever get to like go to a set or yeah. you're, you're a little baby then, but I I
1: was small, but I, I did go to like he did all the uh he worked at I think QED was what it was called. And uh, um they did all the uh opening credit sequences for the uh, the naked gun movies. Uh-huh. Um and uh my first like paid you know, job as a, as a writer was like when I was like six years old, the producer Bob Weiss asked me to write down like places that the naked gun car should go to. Um, and one of the ones I wrote was they should go to Jurassic Park and in the movie, naked gun 33 and a third, it ends up at Jurassic Park. So that's my first
0: non-credited, uh, uh, underpaid (laughs) non-union writing job (laughs) of which I had many, many since. Wow. That's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. That must have been so cool to, to like see that.
1: It was cool. I mean, I, I really liked the. I was like really into the Naked Gun movie. That's a good too. bit
0: too. That's good. Thank you. I, I wrote the words <laughs> Jurassic Park as a six year old, and uh, and it went there. So when did you uh, first get into comedy? Um, well, I don't know. That's a difficult question. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 I've always been like into comedy
1: as far as you know liking comedy and stuff. Uh, um, you know, I. I, I I, about like 10 years ago now, or maybe, uh, yeah, about 10 years ago now, I was like working as a pizza driver, uh, delivery driver, uh, in the Valley. And I, I started doing, uh, classes at UCB. And so that's sort of like when I officially got into comedy, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: In, in like, um, high school that were, were you like doing anything or are you watching <laughs> a lot of stuff or?
1: Yeah, I watched a lot of stuff. That's why I went to the, the UCB, uh, training It's cause I, uh, I liked the show, the Americans for God oh, show, right. uh, more than I, I I hadn't seen a show at the theater or and I didn't know anything about like the indie comedy scene or um, you know improv or anything like that. I just thought that the show was good and so but yeah, I liked all that shit. I like, you know, I used to uh, I liked Mr. Show when I was a little kid and like um I don't know. Simpsons South Park is the biggest one for me, but uh, um, yeah, I was always like really into comedy, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, did you did you go to college? yeah you know i i didn't finish college uh i um i I didn't get very good grades in high school i like uh uh, i graduated high school with like a i think like a 1.6 gpa uh because i didn't like to do homework and stuff i didn't do homework like since second grade or something Mm um so i didn't do good in 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 college and i went to like community college and then i went to uh cal state northridge uh, and then i dropped out of that that was around the same time as i was doing ucb and so like UCB seemed to be more fun and be leading to some things, so I, I stopped going to college.
0: So, uh, were you, so you were commuting from Cal State Northridge to where's is, where is Cal State Northridge? It's just
1: in Northridge. I mean, oh, okay. Uh,
0: if you go up the four hundred five,
1: it's like it's not that far. It's okay. like, uh I don't know near Simi Valley, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm probably wrong about that. Uh, it's just like a north, you know, middle of the valley, right in the broiling fucking cauldron of the valley, <laughs> like right in the middle of it.
0: So you're just, like, having... You're, like, seeing more success at UCB that you thought you didn't need to... Well, you know,
1: I... I, Well, first of all, I I never liked school very much to begin with Mm. or cared about it. And, uh, um... I don't know. I I was, uh... I got, like, an internship through UCB. I was... I was was an intern at, uh... Gary Sanchez Productions. Oh, um, wow. That's cool. Yeah, and so... And which was great for me. And, uh... I kind of just had this feeling of, like, you know, I could finish college, which would take a lot of time and be hard to do, um... Uh, uh, and then I would end up getting an internship like at about this quality. Like, right. you know, I, I saw the kids that were like grad students, and they were like, "Oh, I'm like doing an internship," and I was like, "Well, I don't. Do I need to do this for like four more years to, to like get the internship that I'm already getting or whatever?" Uh, so I stopped going. I didn't want to go to it anymore.
0: Right. So. After you dropped out, were you still interning at Gary Sanchez? Uh, yeah, I interned. Did at they know San- you dropped out? No, I didn't <laughs> tell them. They they actually,
1: I interned to to work at Funny or Die, and uh, oh, okay. they like very specifically didn't want me to drop out. the The position at Funny or Die, I would have had to drop out to take. Uh, and they were like, we don't want you to drop out, so be an intern at Gary Sanchez instead. Um, and Sanchez was like a paid internship, so I just like stopped going to school, and then was like, uh, I can I'm, I can do more hours now. And then they just started giving me more hours, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I did that for a couple of years uh, at Sanchez. Oh, so so what were you doing? It like were you doing script coverage or yeah, I would read scripts, do script coverage and stuff, uh, um, and then just you know this to- sort of normal intern bullshit. Like mm-hmm. I would like get coffee and stuff. It was a very small company back then. Uh, uh, it was like really like six people, like including like Adam Owen, uh, Will. I would barely. I mean, Will you would see occasionally, but he wasn't in every day, and then Chris Henchy. Um And then needed two assistants. It was Lauren and uh, Elizabeth. And so it was just like the seven of
0: us. Wow, there, that's crazy. Basically. So it's like these like four big uh, comedy yeah. guys and then like and two assistants and you. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: I'm like, you know, uh, uh, just trying to not uh, seem like an asshole. Right. I'm like very scared. <laughs> and like, I don't want to like I, like, I was very like shy. I think in these internship jobs, like I just didn't like want, you know, I, sometimes I think that like it's better to like make no impression than to make a bad impression. Right, <laughs> so I just yeah. was like trying to sort of uh, minimize my level of interaction <laughs> for the entire time. But I, I love all those guys. And uh, um, and yeah, I don't know. It seemed like uh, I was like around and you sort of learn by osmosis and stuff like that and see how things actually happen, uh, I guess, in entertainment.
0: Did you uh, read any, any scripts that were actually like made? Yeah, I read the other guys. Um, oh, did you read like an early stage of it, or yeah,
1: I read I read the other guys um, actually for for grammar. Like they had they had just done the whole you know pass of it or whatever, and I had to read through it with like an eye toward like missing commas and stuff wow. like that. Like so, I had to like you know uh, uh, basically just did like copy editing for it. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was fine. Uh, um, I also I read one of Adam's scripts. I think it's called like Channel Ten Thousand or something like that. It was like an old script of his. And um, he didn't have like a digital file of it anymore. So I just had to transcribe the entire thing (laughs) into Final Draft, Uh, which was, you know, a very boring week-long activity uh, um, that probably didn't benefit me in any way whatsoever, (laughs) to be honest. But it was interesting to see the old script and uh, uh, to read it. And I guess it never got made. What, What was it about? Well, I don't know if I should say or oh. if that, like breaks an NDA or something yeah. like that. But it was kind of like a comedy 1984 kind of thing. Okay, cool. I don't know if they'll end up doing it and I'll get in trouble or something if I say. But I, I don't even yeah. really remember that well. To yeah, that yeah. to so, you, how, so you stayed there for how, like two, two I years? I want to say like two years I stayed there. Um, and it was good. But then they sort of like the company grew. And it was mm-hmm. this kind of thing where it was like, you know, we're going to start bringing on unpaid interns, you know uh you can still be a paid intern and we'll have all these unpaid ones too and then they were like you're not there's not you're not doing anything i was like <laughs> I, I was like yeah i guess i agree and so i uh i left um and then i went out to do other
0: things so you were while you were there you were taking classes at UCB
1: yeah i was i, I think i was actually that was like toward the end of my classes at UCB because i i got the uh the the Sanchez thing through Owen Burke like a lot of my like teachers were sort of at uh at Sanchez and Funnier Die around I that see. time like it was like Seth Morris, Amy Rhodes, uh, and Owen Burke all worked in the Funnier Die Sanchez world. Um so Owen got me the the job at Sanchez uh and he would have been my 401 teacher. So I think this was probably closer to the time when I was like getting on like Maud and like Harold so mm-hmm. around that time
0: so uh why why did he like get you the job did you like impress him nice or? enough guy i don't know because yeah.
1: because we, he we liked each other like yeah <laughs> cool. he, was, he
0: was my teacher and yeah.
1: uh he saw me come in interviewing for the for the other position uh and then he was like we'll get you over here as like a summer intern instead or whatever oh that's very cool i always like going owen's a great guy uh, uh and yeah he he sort of gave me my like push to uh be started you know uh, in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. in general.
0: Uh, so who were all your teachers at UCB? God, I had a lot of teachers because
1: mm-hmm. I also did a an internship at UCB uh, uh, when it was. I, I think it's easy. It was easier. I think every single thing at UCB was easier <laughs> when I was when I was doing it. Uh, so I probably benefited a lot from uh, there being much fewer people doing it. But you know, uh, my my one hundred and one was Amy Rhodes. My two hundred and one was Brian Finkelstein. My three hundred and one was Daniel Schneider, and my four hundred and one. I took four hundred one a lot of times, but I took it with Owen and Seth Morris, uh, Billy Merritt, and then sketch. I had uh, uh, John Reynolds was my sketch teacher,
0: and then for two hundred one, I don't know, I don't remember yeah. who I had for sketch two hundred one. <laughs> uh, so you were you you were, were you a like uh, just a general theater intern, like a techie intern, or I was a general theater intern. Okay, I would cool. like
1: work every every Friday. I would work. Mm. See,
0: uh, and and, I, and they they just like let
1: me rack up so many credits like right. I took like tons of classes for free.
0: Oh, how about, do you remember how
1: many? Like? I, I couldn't tell you. I would, yeah. it would be, I'd have to like look it up on my thing. But it was like I think it was like close to like seven or something like that. Like, oh, okay. I, I took like a lot of classes.
0: I'm a a work study in the inner sanctum. So what does that mean? Work study? It's the same thing. It's just like uh, I do the tech. Oh, you do? Yeah, and I don't get I don't get paid, and if I get the six sure. I get the six classes because no one gets paid at UCV, but I get the well, yes. six. The six classes. So what does credit. that mean? Six class you get is that like what you cap out at or something? Yeah, after six classes you're done,
1: and then you just like that you you're not allowed to work here
0: anymore. Um, I guess you're you can work for six months or until you hit the class credit. I Interesting. Guess. Okay. Well, it was different when I did it. I yeah. Time. I, you know, it's
1: very hard for me when you're asking me about all these things that right. I did before <laughs> that I'm like, I feel like I did UCB interning for nine years. Like I don't have <laughs> any fucking concept of like how long things went or when things happened.
0: So, uh, so you were, you were on both a Herald and a mod team. Yes. So, uh, what were the auditions like back then? Do you
1: remember? I mean, I, I think I auditioned for Herald twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and both times it was just, uh, you know, I think you just did a Herald through to the second group game. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And then I think that the callback was like the same thing. I think yeah. that they just like, which is a very difficult, I mean, like, look, like, you know, uh, it's it's a hard thing on both ends to to judge one of these things, but then also to just sort of like be put randomly into a group with like right, people that yeah. you don't know uh, um, is a strange way to audition for them. Uh, um, but yeah, so I, I think I did it twice, and I, and yes, both times I think were just the the Herald through the second group game, as it were.
0: And for MOD, you just like submitted a packet, or yeah, I did a writing packet for MOD. Um,
1: I, I I think that I was on MOD.
0: I'm fairly certain I was on MOD before I was on Herald. Mm-hmm. Um, but but around the same time, so uh, so you're on mod for how many years? Long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, mod, I want to say like five or six okay. years or
1: something like that. Harold, I think it was closer to like two or three. I know we made it. I think it was two because I think we made it through one round of like you know everyone is nervous to that they're not gonna they're gonna be fired from this thing that they're not getting paid for anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the second time, uh, I believe we ended up being cut. Right. Uh, But, but mod, we went fully, you know, we just went, did it forever. And then we were uh, graduated and then, you know, uh, we stopped doing it. you You know, no one's telling you to do shows like why are you supposed to do them
0: anymore? Right, right. You guys are called uh, up, up, up? That's correct, yes. What, what's the th- thinking behind the, the name? The, the thing behind any name on any of yeah. these teams that you'll
1: see is just that let's get out of this email chain. <laughs> it's just like, let's finally put an end to this. This is something that we can right. all agree on. There was a lot of talk about, I think Maddie Smith, who was on the team with us, came up with the name. And he talked a lot about some like trochee or something like that, which is a term meaning like the way a word <laughs> sounds like that he learned in oh. marketing. And up, up, up sounded good to all the rest of us. I like that it had an exclamation point. Who the who cares? I
0: guess. Uh, do you have any memorable sketches from that time?
1: Or? Yeah, I have a couple ones that I liked. Uh, uh, there's one. I mean, they're fucked up. Like I wrote the sketches that were like gross. I guess now that I think yeah. about it, which I can't do anymore for the for the Kimmel show and stuff. Uh, 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 <laughs> but there's one I wrote that was like about like uh, it was like. Lois Lane and Clark and them and they found out that like Lex Luthor was going to destroy the city and then Lex Luthor's like one demand to not do it was if Superman would suck his dick and so the the sketch lived in sort of the Daily Planet and it was like Clark kind of being like well I don't think like Superman's going to do that you guys and everybody else being like uh, no you don't know Superman like he'd do anything for us like he'd suck a million dicks if it meant that we would have Metropolis be saved or whatever. And there's another one that I I got in trouble for, which was about um. Uh, it was, uh, this is a really weird sketch. It was like it was a sketch called "My Dog's Pussy Tastes Weird." Okay, uh, yeah. which was like a guy who was bringing his dog to the vet because he was like the my dog's nose is cold and her like pussy tastes weird and like the doctor was like that's bad and he's like why she loves it and all this kind of stuff she really likes it whatever who cares it's gross um, but I got in trouble because we used a real dog in the sketch and then. <laughs> It's fine. We just had a dog on stage. But we, like, left it in a cage at the end for, like, one minute. I had, like, a voiceover, and the dog, like, whimpered while it was in the cage. And Besser Uh was there. And Besser did not like that. Besser likes dogs a lot. And so he was like, I don't ever want to see, like, a dog on that stage again. (laughs) And so I think even now, to this day, like, you can't have real animals on stage at UCB because I got in trouble for for, uh, making a dog cry. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I love Besser. Besser, you know, uh, taught... uh, was a teacher for like maybe the most valuable class I've ever had, mm. but he's also a man who sent me an email accusing <laughs> me of torturing a dog. <laughs> so what was the, what was the most valuable? Was that like the sketch class? Yeah, or? Besser does this sketch class, mm-hmm. and uh,
0: um, you know uh, uh,
1: uh, uh, he's a great teacher. Uh, mm. But I honestly think that that class was more—it was less about how to write sketches and more about like how to act and operate in a writer's room. And mm. and and the things that I like learned from him. You know, uh, about like not being precious about material, about the sort of like etiquette and um, uh, order of operations and sort of, um, you know, uh, the I, I, who's in charge and stuff. The way to act in a in a writer's room is like an extremely valuable uh, um, thing to learn more than more, of course, than trying to write a better sketch. Like you're going to use this more in your career. Um, the I don't know not being precious about it all and mm-hmm. not arguing back and like looking like you're taking notes if people are giving you notes even if you don't like them like there's a right. lot of like there's like you know not disagreeing with the guy who's in charge uh, uh because that's not going to end up mattering anyway like it doesn't matter what you were intending to do with your sketch if the guy that you were giving it to didn't see that and didn't like it. <laughs> like it doesn't matter to explain what you thought of what, what you were thinking about it, and that's something I've been able to use, you know, in my entire career. I mean, especially like doing something like the Kimmel Show. Like uh, I love the Jimmy Kimmel Show, love Jimmy himself, but you know, the uh, you're not writing in, you're not writing for yourself. Uh, you're writing for somebody else to perform it, and and it's really about you know what uh what he wants to do.
0: That's that's interesting. So it was it was Bester kind of acting as like the. Uh, kind of the main arbiter of it and yeah then-
1: so Besser's thing was he would be like you know for the next 10 weeks like I we're, I'm going to be the head writer of this of this class so mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to like rewriting sketches that you like better it's going to mean it means that you're writing sketches for like we're imagining that you're writing sketches for a show that I'm running so uh, you know, maybe you'll get better at sketch. Maybe you won't, but you'll get better at writing for me during right. this time period. So maybe I'll give you notes that you don't agree with. Maybe after this class, you'll go and take your sketch and like change it back. But like, I don't want to give you a note three times and see it not addressed. Like, I don't, you know, if I don't like a sketch, I'm going to tell you, I don't like it. And then I don't want to see it again. Yeah. Like he was harsh, of course, but like, uh, but again, like that's a more valuable thing to learn about working in the real world than like, uh. You can be the best sketch writer. You can be the best sketch writer ever and the funniest person. But like, if you are impossible to deal with, or if you're just too frustrating on a day to day basis, like mm. I don't
0: think you're going to work as much. Right. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's how like he ran that.
1: I really wish that he would still do the class. I I, right. I do I do count that as like truly
0: the most valuable class uh, I've ever taken. Hmm. So, uh, you. Left mod, right? mm-hmm. or you graduated mod. Well, they graduated yeah. us, which
1: is in some ways like a euphemism for like you know you're not kicked off, but we don't need you anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, look, I I, I love that, but and you have to do that with these teams mm-hmm. too. Like you can't just like keep going forever. But yeah, graduated is like you're no longer a part of mod night. Like mm-hmm. we'll do more if you want to do more shows, do them. And mm-hmm. you know, I think without that structure, that is sort of a thing that you know unless teams
0: are like. Especially gregarious um, is sort of a you know you're put out to pasture kind of time, right. So during this time, are you doing the the uh, Mike Mitchell show?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it was, I think those were simultaneous. They definitely were actually. Can
0: you explain the show for those? that? So so
1: we did a show, what's going on with Mike Mitchell, which was, uh, we would do a talk show at UCB where the premise was that the, it was a talk show where the host didn't know anything that was going to happen. So we would have monologue jokes for him on note cards, which he'd never read before. We'd have comedy bits, you know, with that, he would have to act in, you know, following instructions on note cards and things. And we would have real celebrities on the show. Uh, um. And he wouldn't be prepared to talk to these people. He wouldn't know who they were going to be before the show. And sometimes he would not know who they are when they came out on the show. Uh, uh, But we did that for a little while. It was a lot of
0: fun. Uh, That's I never thought about that. So
1: did he have, like, was there, like... I I can't remember a specific person, but, like, there are ones definitely that he's, like, I was kind of, like, trying to figure it out. And we would build into the show. We would have, like, you know, uh, uh, Mike Cassidy, who was the announcer on the show, We would kind of be like, from this and that and Uh, that. It's this person. So Mitch at least had like a couple little hints. He could be like, so what was it like working on that? (laughs) Uh, uh. But yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was a good time. Obviously, Mitch is one of the funniest guys uh, in the world. Uh, Where did that idea come from for that show? So me and Evan Susser were talking, and I I do have to give him like, you know, the, the bare share of the credit for it. I think that. He and I and Van Robichaux, all co-creators on the show, brought a lot to the table. But the initial idea was Evan saying, you know, uh, um, this was during the, like, Team Coco stuff. Like, when, like, uh, Conan was getting kicked off The Tonight Show and all that kind of stuff. So he and I were talking about, like, what made... Conan you know more fun As a talk show host and the thing that you know He said that we, we sort of stumbled on was uh, This idea that he's the Least qualified to be a talk show host. Oh, that, interesting like, it, what's fun about Conan is he seems like he's a guy who Shouldn't be a talk show host and so then we Were you know sort of working on this idea Of like what could make someone Even more unqualified to be A talk show host like how do you take someone Who shouldn't be a talk show host and then Make them even worse at their job uh, And so that's
0: when we came up with the idea and and you chose Mitch because you thought... Well,
1: I mean, we thought Mitch... Uh, well, the idea was kind of like, you know, Mike Cassidy uh, is a strapping young man, a good-looking fella, and like, <laughs> you know, Mitch would maybe be the sidekick, typically, on a mm, talk okay. show. So we were like, wouldn't it be funny if Mitch, who would normally be the sidekick, was the host, and yeah, yeah. Mike Cassidy, this good-looking man with a lot of presence, was relegated to the sidelines <laughs> to help him out. So uh how did the FX pilot come about? Okay, that? so so uh, we did a pilot with it, uh, with the show for FX. Uh um uh, and the way that came about was I, you know, through my time at Gary Sanchez, I knew everybody also at Funny or Die. Uh um and Jake Samansky was one of the early directors hired on at Funny or Die, uh, as a great guy. He was also on my Herald team, he's a close friend of mine. Uh, um and he came to watch the Mike Mitchell show and thought it was like so much fun and had such a great energy. So he brought he brought along Mike Farah, who is now the CEO uh, Is he the CEO of Funnier Die? Or dire? he's like the president of Funnier. Or... I think he might actually be the CEO of Funnier Die now. Whatever. I should know this kind of shit. Uh uh um but so he brought my Farrell along, and they became very bullish on the idea, and we went and pitched it everywhere, and ultimately FX uh, uh, let us make a pilot for it. And we had uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Will Farrell, and we ran over Mitch's bed with a, with a <laughs> yeah. steamroller in the pilot. Uh, but then ultimately, you know, these things happened. Like, FX didn't go with it. They uh, did the Russell Brand show instead. would have been very fun to do that show, but um, we didn't get to.
0: <laughs> right. Okay, so when did you become a, a, a writer at Funny or Die? A writer
1: at Funny or Die? Well, that's a difficult
0: question because Mm -hmm. Funny or Die, uh, um,
1: uh, I I was doing a lot of freelance for them for a long time. Like, I I worked a lot in their. aside from the what's going on pilot i was doing a lot of them for like their branded department which is like okay. the little commercials that they right, do so yeah. like whether they're on the website or like being contracted out to do them so for a long time i would work freelance for funny or die uh, uh, and do those commercials and then i started being brought on for like week uh, a week or two at a time like when jake was sort of running the writer's room so like i would be on and then off then on then off uh, uh, and then finally it was uh God, so I worked at Kimmel now for two years. So it would have been like uh, 2012 maybe that I that I was like on full-time but but, but freelance. And then like 2014, God, I don't know. 2014 yeah. maybe I was like actually fully full-time. Okay. So many years but different capacities
0: and different sort of amounts of workload. So you got into the branded side for, from your internship?
1: Well, no, not really. Okay. I, I got into the branded side kind of more through... You know the the what's going on of it all. Like Chris I see. Chris okay. Bruss was like, oh well, you guys are doing this. Would you want to try to pitch on this stuff too? And uh, oh, cool. you know, I, it's just kind of like a natural. Like I knew everyone at Funny or Die through my internship, but you know, then I I think with a lot of things you have to like if you're an intern somewhere or if you're in some sort of like lowly position. I've always said that I think it's a good idea to leave and then sort of, like, establish yourself and then come back because they won't ever see you as anything other than, like, what you currently are unless you, like, oh, leave entirely. Like, you have to completely ex- exit from the world and then they'll maybe see you as something else. So through the What's Going On show, I think they were like, oh, this guy this guy who was an intern, like, is a
0: writer, so maybe we should pay him to write it, as well. That's interesting because I guess you can see a lot of people... <laughs> a lot of people angle just for like the entry-level job you know it is what it is and and i've seen
1: people be successful through like be doing the path of being a writer's assistant to being a writer or whatever but i i personally think that that's less common i think that your best bet is to like get in with people get them to like you through like an entry-level job but then you know quit and then go (laughs) off and then like and then when they like are thinking about you they'll like miss you and be like oh like what's this guy doing Oh, like he i guess he's an actual writer like they'll never think of you as anything like mitch worked at, uh, at simpsons as a pa and they always just thought of him as a fucking goofball but like now i think he's gone off and done stuff and they're all like friends with him and like him now <laughs> like uh, now he's doing a vo- he
0: did a voice on simpsons this right, year i don't know so when you uh so in between your internship and then like the like, the fx pilot are mm-hmm. you doing freelance stuff
1: yeah, I worked at a lot of the web companies.
0: So okay. I worked at, like,
1: Maker Studios. Right. Uh, I uh, worked for, like, a kid that did YouTube videos, and they would just, like... Oh, really? Pay me. That. Yeah, like, some guy would just... They, I, like, it was like this guy. I don't even remember their names now, but, like... I would write these YouTube videos on whatever subject they told me to write about, like the friend zone and stuff like that. And then I would go meet them downtown and they would just like pay me in cash in an envelope. I would get like $1,000 just straight cash because yeah, these guys don't want to pay taxes. Like this is like right. all kind of like weird sort of shady business. It was fine with me. I was very happy to have the $1, money. $1,000 is pretty good. For yeah. Like I mean, a, like for a couple videos, it was not that bad. Yeah. Did you Did you ever see the videos? Yeah. And they were not good. And they yeah. were always like significantly changed from what i did and everything right. like that um, but you know that's like the, i think like the new like you know writing pulp novels for modern writers <laughs> as you like secretly write like
0: <laughs> youtube funny. videos about the friend zone right <laughs> so uh you're so you're, now you're at funny or die or you're doing freelance for funny or die yes so you're being uh brought in weeks at a time. so what what's the writer's room like there when you're when you're kind of a freelance guy? I mean I knew everybody there. Yeah. The strange thing is like, you know, uh, everyone was very friendly and uh, accommodating and
1: warm and it's a it's an interesting place. Want your diet in that at that time was a very interesting place. Like you would kind of just be on call to attend meetings and be used sort of to generate ideas. Like, and those meetings could range from anything. It could be like an ad for a tractor or it could be like a meeting with a Bryce Dallas Howard or something. Like basically (laughs) they would just tell you, like you'd sort of be at your desk. You'd get an email being like, okay, like tomorrow at 4 p.m. Like it's going to be Bryce Dallas Howard. So everyone like try to think of some ideas and like I would have, I, I would like try to come up with new ideas for her or I would just like, and go through my like old ideas and be like, what could fit for her? Like, what could I steal from old, like mod sketches that could maybe work for her or like recreate or whatever. But yeah, like your week would just kind of be, um, you know, the, the writer's assistants would just sort of
0: tell you what all was coming up that week. And then you mm-hmm. would generate ideas for that. So, uh, would you say there's like a certain de- a d- a demand for like a certain type of sketch there? I don't know about that. I mean, there certainly was at the time, you know,
1: it's a, it's a weird thing because it's so celebrity-driven, right? Right. Funny or die. So, like, I don't know if there was a demand for, like, a specific type of sketch, but you could just, like, different celebrities would want different types of things. And maybe those sort of fall into just different buckets. Like, mm. um, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it's like obviously celebrities were always like i want to show people how funny i am and they typically were not very funny um (laughs) there was one i saw a lot of would get picked as if it was like a very pretty actress she would they would if you pitch something where it was like she's ugly in it they would like find it funny that they could ever be ugly (laughs) so like if you pitch something where they have like zits and fucked up hair they'd be like yeah that sounds very funny to me (laughs) um i don't know there wasn't a desire from like the top brass or anything like that, if that's what you're asking. But, like, you definitely could find little shortcuts uh, and ways to do pitches, um, you know, for celebrities.
0: What, what makes, like, a good, funnier die sketch as opposed to just, like, a stage sketch or something like.
1: Well, I think you're asking what makes a good, like, video sketch. Versus I guess so. A stage yeah. sketch in general. I don't know what makes a good, funnier die sketch. I, I, you know, I think that it's all a little bit, like, random. And, you know, uh, uh, I think everybody was trying their best there, but, you know. Uh, in my, for my entire career, there's been this sort of like need to feed the like never satiable maw of content or whatever. Right. So it's just like, <laughs> it's very hard to, you know, I, I don't know. So, what makes a good stage sketch versus what makes a good video sketch? Um, I, it's really from case to, it's really a case mm-hmm. by case basis. Like, I, I will say that I don't think things that, uh, if just because something works well on stage does not necessarily mean that it will work well on video. Uh, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to translate improv uh, uh, as as often as they've tried, uh, um, that there are just things like the energy in the room that you really can't sort of capture on, on tape. Uh, uh, and I don't know uh, what makes us video sketch better is you can do cutaways and stuff like that. <laughs> and you can have sound effects <laughs> and you can pace it up and stuff. There's more like tools in the tool
0: bag when you're, mm-hmm. when you're doing uh, a video sketch. Mm-hmm all right so i have uh some specific sketches i want to ask you about okay so uh the fixer upper brothers fix the debt ceiling yeah okay so this is well what do you want to ask about it well just i uh, just uh how'd you cope with the idea first
1: of all well i think that i, I don't remember and i don't want to say, i don't want to like talk badly about it but like yeah. it's one of these things where it's like that to me is like a like paint by numbers funnier dice sketch like, oh, this interesting. is like i'm attending a meeting and they're talking about like the debt ceiling and like that doesn't like that doesn't presuppose any sort of understanding of the dead ceiling altogether and maybe that's kind of sketch and i wrote that sketch and you know it is what it is it's part of what i've done but that may be an example of like what is what makes for bad political comedy it's just this kind of like i think that there's a lot of like stuff that like you know is sort of just based on a headline like you could do a headline plug a celebrity into it and just do a cursory like wikipedia search Hmm. like i swear to god like a lot of these things will just be like A very basic premise and then, like, a character basically saying what's copy-pasted from Wikipedia. Like, it's like the Property Brothers being like, well, as we all know, the debt ceiling is a term for when the federal government (laughs) has its funding and the evil Republicans in office are trying once again to lower it. I don't know, like... does this stuff change anybody's minds? I don't fucking know. Like the property brothers were very nice guys and, uh, they seemed
0: very game for it. They the, see, they yeah. were very
1: game for it. And I, uh, uh, I always do my best with these kind of things, but there, there are, <laughs> I don't know that, that just feels to me, if you're asking about like, what's a, you know, the type of sketch they want at funny or die. I'm not sure if this, this is one that they want, but that does feel like a shortcut sketch to
0: me. <laughs> That's interesting. So yeah, it's interesting that you to it as like, uh, Bad political sketch. I mean, it just feels sweet by numbers to me. Well, to me, it didn't. It, I thought that it was just uh, it was kind of humorous, just the debt ceiling <laughs> and the fixer because th- the Fixer Upper brothers like having them, if like I don't think that's a good, maybe. I think it's a good sketch because you have the Fixer Upper brothers, yeah. you have the actual guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that it was fun. It's really their name is the Property Brothers, and so the I proper, think, bro- yeah. I do remember. I think that I don't remember that sketch very well, and I appreciate you liking it. That's yeah, very nice of you. Uh, 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 but I do remember. I think that. The stuff I liked about it was like the wordplay with fixer upper brothers. Like what are the fixer upper brothers going to fix her upper this time and stuff Mm -hmm. that I thought was fun. But I don't know. I I guess there is just that sort of like I hate I'm really like and maybe it's just because this year is so fucking crazy with politics and everything. But I like have really grown to hate like that kind of like very simple surface level political sketch that to me just feels like you know designed to be posted on huffington post or something like i don't know i don't i i've really grown very tired of that stuff and a lot of times i think i watch that shit and i'm like i don't believe this person knows fucking anything about (laughs) this topic because i've been there not knowing anything about this topic and writing these things
0: well there is like a glut of like liberal uh comedy just like i mean look at the late like all the late night shows yeah and they're all kind of like uh, not doing anything. Well, it's a very difficult thing. Yeah, you know,
1: I, I I've been making this argument, and I think that a lot of these shows, you know, your John Oliver, uh, uh and all, you know, even Seth Meyers, all this stuff, uh, Samantha B, in in a lot of ways is is like church. It's like you know liberals watching something that is just like some somebody yelling an opinion that they agree with, and so while that doesn't necessarily change anything you know to my mind i was like it's kind of like fox news i was having this argument just the other day i was like this is like fox news for liberals and then somebody else brought raised the issue of like well didn't like fox news work ultimately in the end so i'm like i guess maybe in some way this like works like maybe everybody does need like a church to go to to have their own beliefs yelled at them but like for me i i think that we can maybe get a little distracted by how much impact we think these things are having and, you know, uh, uh, and also distracted by how much we're seeing it in our circles. You know what I, like if you're seeing a lot of people posting like John Oliver saying like, call Donald Trump Drump or whatever. And we're like, yes, like finally, <laughs> like the damn Trump is over or Someone's whatever. Him I know. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know that any fucking buddy sees that. I don't know that people like outside of like, la ever see it and i don't know the kind of people
0: that they're trying to reach even have fucking cable to be honest right. with you like
1: i don't know certainly they don't have hbo
0: like mm-hmm. in the end i don't know it's interesting uh, i listened to this podcast uh chapo Trap oh, i House. love chapo yeah, yeah, chapo yeah. Is the best and I, they were describing like the like the, the evisceration things yeah it's fucked up it's kind of like it's it kind of gives catharsis yes which is, like, the antithesis of, like, political action. It, it's masturbating is yeah. what it is. It's, it's like, really a nice messed, way to, yeah. like, to
1: be like, ugh, I feel good. Like, <laughs> Samantha B is really, really mad about it, and so am I, and, like, that feels nice to me. Yeah.
0: So, so what do you think makes a good political sketch, then?
1: I don't fucking know, to be yeah, honest with you. I really fair. don't know. Like, I do think, like... It coming from a place of, like, actual, like, uh, interest and outrage Mm -hmm. probably would help. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times, like, you'll see a lot of stuff that feels just very, like, what's the Google trend keyword or whatever. Uh Like, if it's debt ceiling for that week, then you kind of do the comedy math or whatever. Uh Or if it's, like, electors this week, we just do the comedy math of electors, and it's, like... To my mind, I'm like, if I was at Funny or Die right now, I would be doing, like, the electorables. I would be doing, like, an Expendables <laughs> parody with the electors, you know, like, saying, like, how heroic they are for not voting for Trump or yeah. some shit. Like, I, I don't know. I I don't know how to do good political comedy. I actually think Chapo is, like, one of the, like, very few examples of it right now. Because, mm-hmm. you know, those guys are very funny, but they think they also give a fuck. They really do yeah. care, and they <laughs> are, like, passionate about this stuff. I, you know... Uh, and they're, and they're also not like so party line. Like I, when I look at something like Samantha Bee or something like that, it, it feels like just very, it doesn't feel like it's challenging at all. To me, mm. it just feels like it's comforting. E- even if she's yelling, even if she's very, very angry, it, it's it's not meant to challenge. It's only meant to uh, uh, further. Uh, it's just meant to comfort people right. for, for having the correct beliefs that they have.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I think the best political sketch of the year was when Hillary Clinton sang Hallelujah. That's, my, that's what I think. Well, that was uh, quite uh, funny. That uh, I think was fucked. <laughs> I think that was like the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: We might have to cut all this out. I don't know if I want.
0: I don't know if i on record shitting on. You don't uh, want to get in trouble for yeah. that. I'll, I'll say um, it. I
1: hate the Hillary Clinton Hallelujah <laughs> sketch. It fucked me up. It really made me so upset. I actually think here's what's so it ma- makes me so. Yeah. There's a couple of things about that that make me very upset. Yeah. And you know, you can feel free to cut all this out. But. Uh, um, I thought it was like the last time they opened S N L like that was after Sandy Hook. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Like yeah. this is like, you know, Trump Donald Trump's a bad guy, he shouldn't be president. But it's like it's not fucking Sandy Hook. Like, right, it's yeah. like we should treat this like, uh, and I don't know. And also, like, isn't it, if, if SNL does have a responsibility, if there is a responsibility of political comedy, isn't it to, like, do some fucking comedy about it? Like, that to me is, like, the worst example of political mad libs paint by numbers. Like, th- th- that sketch to me was not saying anything. It was just saying, like, Leonard Cohen died, and simultaneously, right. we are also sad about Donald Trump being elected. Like, there's no take, there's nothing interesting <laughs> going on. She just wore a fucking Halloween costume and sung a dead
0: guy's song. <laughs> All I'm
1: right. Sorry. Okay, well, moving on. Yeah,
0: let's give an edit point just in case you <laughs> want to cut this All out. All right, cut point. Okay, The on a completely different note yep. Funnier Dies Halloween Anthology. I love that one. Yeah. So how that? Uh, how did that? Like, were you? Were they? Did they come to you and say we want to do like a Halloween thing? Well, this- I mean, we had big meetings
1: with all the creatives, and we were sort of like they had this sort of general bigger idea that they wanted to do a big Halloween anthology, and so everybody sort of pitched. Um, how different people pitched Halloween sketches that they wanted to do. And, uh, uh, I had the, uh, the final zombie solution from a long time ago. That was another mod sketch I did. Um, and I, I was, I liked that sketch. That's actually one that I co-wrote with Evan Susser. And so he sort of like, you know, allowed, you know, first of all, we, we co-wrote it in the first place because it could potentially be viewed as anti-Semitic. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I needed like just a little, uh, stamp of approval. Uh, uh, but then he bequeathed it to me and let me do it for, uh, for funny or die there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know Like, that's just a I think that that was just a fun sketch And they gave us a little bit of uh, They gave us some resources To shoot it right And then um, I also wrote the uh, The Are You Afraid of the Dark Rappers with um, With uh, Marilyn Manson there too mm-hmm. um, Which that was a lot of fun Marilyn's uh, an interesting guy <laughs> yeah. Um And uh yeah, I mean, he mostly wanted to improvise, but like, also did really care about being funny. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, he, he like really gave a shit about like whether this was playing or not, and would like check in with us afterwards mm-hmm. and stuff. And ultimately, I thought it was pretty funny. And he yeah, did a it good was job. I loved it. Well, thank you. Yeah,
0: I uh, actually know. I knew one of the like, the actors because the kids. Oh, really? Yeah. How so do you that know? Was funny. Went to high school together. The kids, the little kids. Well, they're like, yeah. I mean, they were like. Uh, they were older than the I guess so. I guess he's my, my age too. so how old are you? I'm twenty two.
1: Okay. So then that, that would have been like three years yeah. ago or something. Like yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, cool. I, what I hope he's doing okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> talked to him in a while. Uh oh, the new Brooklyn Nets. I thought that was so funny. Oh yeah, that was fun. That's a crazy
1: one too. Uh, that is a crazy that one. That one I wrote with Dan Klein. um mm-hmm. and uh so that one, um we we were tasked to sort of come up with a thing for the Nets. Uh because Smigel, Robert Smigel, like, did a, a charity with them, uh, um, I think, oh, okay. for autism, mm-hmm. uh, that was going to be happening. And he was like, oh, I think we can get them to, like, shoot a video as long as it's, like, about this charity or whatever. Because I think there's word, where there's yeah. verbiage in there about, like, you know, the one thing that's not good is autism or something like that. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> I think it just ends with the... With the it yeah, it ends like, with a title card. Yeah. I think we also had them record stuff, but it seemed, like, too awkward, so right. we just ended it with a title card. So, anyways, we're, like, at this charity function. And, like, Smigel, funniest man in the world, uh, uh but just hadn't asked them to do this. Or he didn't, hadn't asked any of the Nets to, like, do this. So, he's like, I bet I can get them to do it. So, we just set up, like, a white psych in, like, an office. Oh, wow. know, like an office at this, like, center in Brooklyn where they were, like, doing a charity event. And Smigel would just get them, like, one by one to come in and, like, just ask them to wear the short shorts. And, like, <laughs> like they had like, they hadn't read the script or, like, you know agreed to do it even before that day uh uh but they all filtered through and everybody was uh, very cool i had a, paul pierce i think was a little toward the end like Okay, guys, enough. <laughs> like, I, like, there was, I had a funny clip at one point of him being like, is that it, guys? That's going to because that's going to be it. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I, I fucking was at a charity function and they pulled me into another room and were like, put on short shorts. Like, wow. I think I would be like, that's enough, guys, or whatever.
0: They were uh, also really good actors.
1: They all were very funny. And, they, and then like, yeah, they were delivered. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I think they all did a very good job. That was just me and Dan off camera like just asking them we had our little we're like huddled with our little papers being like can you say i hate these shorts
0: (laughs) (laughs) so uh you mentioned working with uh dan klein you worked with evan susser so how do you uh co-write how do you work with another writer i like co-writing with people you know because
1: uh uh, i think comedy more than anything is like collaborative uh, uh and you know it's it's better to see what stuff plays and what doesn't like how how do i do it uh you sit in a room and you like, I mean, you take notes and stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like you sit and you joke back and forth and you try to come up with ideas and then take notes. And then everyone, you, one person takes a pass. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I, I, either I'll take a pass or they will. And you just pass it back and forth once or tw- uh, one or two times. And then there you have a script at that mm-hmm. point. I, I don't
0: think there's, I don't, I don't like overthink it that yeah. much. I just like to work with other people. Uh, so you wrote a couple of sketches about sports for Funny or Die uh-huh. R- were you like the sports guy or? yeah no, no that's an interesting thing because
1: I'm not like deeply entrenched in sports I like sports and I watch sports but I'm not I will not paint myself as like a like hardcore sports fan or anything <laughs> like that and what was funny is that you know I think that uh even though I had like such a very small interest in sports, that did make me one of the most sports right. <laughs> interested people at Funnier or Die. Uh, so yeah, I think I was the sports guy there. But um, and Dan, Dan knows more about sports than I do. But uh, I just follow it sort. Of, e- even my sort of like following it tangentially uh, was more than most people there. Right. Weiger knows sports too. Weiger was there when I was there, mm-hmm. and he he knows sports.
0: Oh, Weiger, he's he he did my favorite Funnier or Die video, the one with. Uh the gungan style oh yeah gungan style yeah. is really really good that's uh that really
1: is a classic
0: yeah but kind of a comment is it like would you say that's kind of a comment like how yeah, of course that's a comment you On know, like, like yeah he's
1: com he's commenting on like what topical videos are and yeah you know the the maw that i was talking about right, uh, yeah. the content maw that you need to constantly mm-hmm. be
0: filled <laughs> Uh, So you also uh, directed a bunch at Funny or Die Yeah I directed a little bit here and there Do, yeah. do you like directing or I do I haven't like
1: You know it's one of these things I, I I Writing acting and directing Like I like to act I like to direct But I think that there are other people That are more talented than me at doing it So like If I write something like You know I am more inclined to get one of those to get those people to do it for me. You know what I mean? Like I like directing. It's fun for me to do. Certainly I you know, I, I don't have as much of a visual eye for it. So if I work with like, you know, a DP or something, anybody somebody I trust, I'm very happy to direct and work with actors. But uh I can't say that it's like my passion or the thing that I'm like pursuing most doggedly or anything like that. It's kind of like acting. Like if they ask me to do it, I'm very happy to do it, but uh
0: but 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 I I, I'm a writer I think is you know Mm -hmm. what I've uh, ended up landed on right okay so the reading rainbows new theme song Mm -hmm. that was is that your most popular that probably is and that actually got me the job at the Jimmy Kimmel show
1: oh Uh, um, he like uh, uh well how it happened for me was I just got followed by Jimmy Kimmel on Twitter. And then he, like, direct messaged me being like, I think you're very funny. Like, come have a meeting with me or whatever. And as it turned out, what happened was uh, this guy, Josh Holloway, who's a very talented writer that works at the show, too. They were doing, like, a, a reading rainbow sketch at Kimmel. And he sort of, like, searched around online to see if, if anything had been done that was similar. Um, and he sent Jimmy my sketch. And he was like, well, it's not too similar, but I do like this. And then he clicked through to all my videos and, like, watched all my other stuff and then just messaged me personally on Twitter. Uh, and then I went and had a meeting with him and he uh, hired me.
0: That's amazing. Really crazy, yeah. So you didn't even have to write
1: a packet or anything? Uh I don't think I know if I should go on record, but I, I did not uh. write a packet for the Jimmy Kimmel show. <laughs> but I know no, I, I I interviewed with him. He also like looked through all my Twitter my my uh
0: funnier dive videos and everything. But yes, I did not write a packet. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. Uh okay, so You've been at Kimmel for two years. Yeah, and
1: I actually have just left Kimmel. Uh, oh, uh, I uh, as of actually this last week, I, I oh, left. Wow. Uh, I, I decided to leave at the end of the year. Here, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna write for Jimmy for the Oscars. He asked me to like stay on for the Oscars team, um, but I, I am leaving the show. I mean, this is my announcement right here on, oh, on, wow. on your show that no one will give a fuck about <laughs> nobody follows me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm leaving the show. But I love the show and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I love the people there and I'm very close with everyone there. It's just the kind of thing that um, you really have to give yourself over wholly to do something like that. Yeah. Like, you really have to like give every your whole life needs to be really built towards just doing this show. And, and you know, I was starting to sort of like pursue some outside things and it's not that they ever gave me a hard time about it. In fact, they were all very supportive, but I just kind of found, I was like, if I'm not giving myself wholly to the Kimmel show, then I'm not doing a good job there. And if I can't give myself fully to like focusing on this outside stuff, like then none of that will be good either. And so like something just had to give. And like, I was like, I guess I have to leave the Kimmel show, uh, uh-huh. to sort of
0: focus on development and, and trying to, you know, uh, sell things. Okay. We'll, we'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. Let's just go through. So, uh what's like a regular day at, at the Kimmel show for you uh, oh, uh
1: well it's it's crazy mm-hmm. uh, um so they send topics at uh at seven in the morning this guy Greg Martin will send the topics that they're going to be talking about on the show uh at 7 a.m and so your first round of jokes and bits are due at eight fifty in the morning so uh, um and that's like the majority of your writing for the day that's like wow. you're like you know, I, I, this is like maybe four pages between like jokes and like bits. And I try to like fully, you know, for a while I was really trying to like fully script my bits in the morning. Um, So, yeah, I'll write like two or three like comedy sketch bits, like fake commercials or whatever. And then just like try to write like three to four jokes per topic, maybe more if like it's an especially in, interesting topic
0: in an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. And then, turn, and then you're doing
1: it at home at that point. So you so I wow. would kind of like wake up in the morning you know at like six and like make eggs and like chug coffee and then yeah like settle down into it and like really that's your like biggest moment like that's when you like can get bits picked to be in the show that's when most of the jokes are going to be picked um yeah before 8 50. so are you able to do like any like kind of pre-writing stuff like you know they send some topics the night before mm-hmm. but but you know the way the schedule of the show is like it's very impossible it's like almost impossible for them to get like the topics out before like eight PM, and so you know I'm trying to sleep at like ten PM every night because I have to wake up yeah. at six. So it's like there really isn't like a
0: good, there's not really a good method to, to get that done. At least I certainly didn't figure one out. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, yeah. So did did you, you see during that hour and fifty minutes you like have to be productive or you're gonna get like fired? So. I mean, kind of. I mean, yeah. you can
1: have like lulls. I think that everybody, I think that like you know, uh, the way Jimmy said it once, to me was like it's like it's like batters and baseball or something, and it's like you're gonna have off months you're gonna have off weeks like you can have lulls peaks and valleys but like there's never a day when you can just turn in nothing like you can't just be like i couldn't do it today like you have to fucking get it done Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways like you know that um is good because it sort of frees you up, like. But also, you don't want to be turning in trash. This stuff is what. Also, like Jimmy is very hands on. He's a, a an incredibly talented and hardworking man. Like these all just go directly to him. There's like no filter. He's just sent the document with like every single joke. So if you're doing like shit, like your initials are on every single yeah. one, and he's like seeing whose terrible jokes and bits these are. Similarly, if you're knocking it out of the park, he like sees that and elevates you.
0: So for those bits, uh, they're obviously like. So the monologue jokes I get but yeah. like through so the bits that you're writing, are they like to be done live in the studio or to be filmed like another day? Or- well no 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 they'll uh, um, do live in studio and that can happen a
1: lot. A lot of times you will write bits to be shot, edited, and ready to go by 5 p.m. that day. Wow. So, like, that's why it has to be done at 8.50. Yeah. Because the ones that he picks, you want to get them into production, like, probably 10.30 or 11. So that the shoot can be done by, like, 2. So that you can be, like, editing up till, like, 4.45 to, like,
0: have a topical bit cut and ready for the show that's insane yeah it's a fucking stressful Gosh. job that's like, that's like uh, they always talk about snl being like the yeah i mean I, crazy I, thing I, I hear about it. that all the time and i'm like they do one one a week <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. i mean i don't know it,
1: it, it's a little crazy and like there's really just no better way to do it like yeah. you wish that there was but like also jimmy like you know uh, really wants to be involved in everything so you are like running up cuts to him throughout the day and he's very particular uh, um and you know I think rightfully so. I think he's uh, got a fine attention to detail. Um, so yeah, you'll be like editing and you know addressing notes up, up till four forty-five. So I, there's been times when I've like been finishing a bit while he's like walking downstairs, so that we're like getting and we're like getting it sent after five while the show is taping to like the to the control room,
0: which is crazy. That's insane. Yeah. So uh, so eight fifty, everything's mm-hmm. turned in yeah. mostly. I take a shower yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's
1: the time I can like go to therapy <laughs>
0: like, uh, uh, so uh, when do you go into the like go into office they expect you there
1: rehearsal is at uh, eleven o'clock, and um they'll usually send out the first round of picks we call it the outline um at around ten thirty, so ten ten thirty is usually when I would try to be uh, in at the office and at my desk mm-hmm. um and then yeah, you sort of do your second round of jokes, so when the outline comes. Then you're sort of you're tasked with doing another round of jokes, which is kind of, it was a difficult thing because you've just done an hour and 50 yeah. minutes on this. I'm like, am I tapped out on this? I don't <laughs> know. But you come out with n- new stuff and then you do another round of jokes while rehearsal is happening. Um, then they serve lunch at around 1145. You have lunch. And then for the afternoon, uh, what we'll do is they'll send out clip jokes. So every time there's a clip played on the show, when he comes out of it, he has a little joke. So we have to, like, you know, come up with all those jokes as well and pitch right. on those. And then there'll just be afternoon assignments. Like, if you're not on a a, a taped bit, you'll, like, get, like, you know, George Clooney's on the show in two weeks. Or, like, you know, we need prize ideas for this game. Like, anything. But they'll just email them out. Sometimes we'll meet up as a group. Sometimes we do them from our desk. But they find a way to
0: fill the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, would you say, like... So how many when you when you turn it in like how many do you expect to get on like on a decent day like an really average really day? really
1: tough really tough yeah. to say uh, um and it it changes from time to time I the I think the percentage is very very low yeah um and you know and for uh, uh and for good reason I think that the quality of the show is higher as a result of that like um but yeah Jimmy has like so many jokes to choose from only the really the best 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 ones get in. Uh, and there'll be days when you don't get anything in. Like if you get one or two in, like you feel pretty good about your morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially if you get like a bit and a couple jokes picked, you're like, okay, like I earned my money today. Yeah. How, how do you approach your writing? a monologue joke really depends. And I, I, and I can't say universally how I would approach it. Jimmy's approach is very different than, uh, the other, uh, uh, late night hosts. Um, which I think that they do a little more of the sort of like Carson style setup punchline type jokes. Uh, uh, Jimmy likes to like get on a topic and sort of like talk about it for a little while, like a little more sort of observational and uh, conversationally. So, you know, how do I approach it? Like, um, you look at the topic and I always had three, I had three ways of looking at it. I was like, what is my take on this topic? And if there is not one, like because there are things that I will not care about that would be topics on the show. Then second, I'd be like, what do I know is Jimmy's take on this? Like from conversation Mm. or from other times I've watched him on the show. Like, what do I know he feels about this topic? Uh, And if that was one that I don't have an answer, then I would be like, what's like America's take on this topic? Like what is commonly thought about this kind of thing? Like, uh, um, and then you could, and then with through each of those prisms, if you figure out what the take is, then you can just try to write
0: jokes through that. Uh, so the sketches that you like write for the show, uh, how are you? So obviously, it's much different than like doing a Funny or Die video or even doing sure. like, a mod thing. So are you writing bits for like Jimmy to like? All of it. I mean, you you would do like commercial parodies, like Jimmy interacting with like an audience plant
1: or person at the door Mm -hmm. or even a stills bit. Like if you do a bit that like comes up as stills on the wall and he's talking about it, that counts as a bit too. Like those are not just monologue jokes. Uh, um, But yeah, all of, all of those, like uh, they, they don't, uh, I think some of the other late night shows differentiate between like bit writers and uh, monologue writers. We, that's not the case at the Kimmel show. Mm -hmm. Do you have any uh, favorite bits? Yeah, I mean I I did a um, one called the uh, I think it was do the right thing to do the white thing that we did in Brooklyn <laughs> last year and it was like a sort of like gentrified take on uh do the right, right thing, thing. Yeah. uh uh which was fun. Um I did a fun one with Mitch uh uh where uh we like tricked uh, when I Mitch was my roommate at the time and mm. we did a big like prank on him where we made oh, him right. think the apartment was haunted which yeah. was a lot of fun. Um and then I did a lot of these, uh, Jack and Becky bits where, uh, uh, which, um, was where I played like a community activist, always like trying to get petitions out there. Like we did this one where, um, we did one where we we're trying to get like the peanuts out of the, the, the peanuts and Cracker Jacks in the, in the, the baseball song. No. <laughs> uh, uh, uh.
0: And we were just kind of like annoying hippie activists yeah, yeah. and
1: you know, we would do a man on the street, get people upset. Uh,
0: so what was your favorite part of writing for Kimmel? My favorite part? That's yeah. a
1: very difficult thing to say. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, um, I I really love the show. I mean, like there there is like a real like family sort of element to it, like more than anywhere I've ever worked. Like, uh, uh I, I became close with a lot of people, and, and I'm friends with a lot of people, and uh, uh and I hope to maintain those friendships. I, mm-hmm. I I personally like Jimmy a lot. Molly and Danny, the head writers over there, are like extremely talented people that uh I hope uh, um, I can stay in their lives. And uh, John Kimmel, Jimmy's brother, uh, uh, is one of the most talented guys. He's like a director over there, just a very Nice and cool guy Sal, I like a lot. Like I, I guess I'd say like the friendships, and then also <laughs> the money.
0: The money was my other favorite. Oh thing. <laughs> yeah, the late the late night writing jobs pay 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 quite well. Yeah, they do pretty good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so you left the show. Yeah. Because uh, it's kind of a grind, right? And it's not necessarily okay. that it's a grind. It's just that. It is. It is a grind, but that's not the thing. I can do hard work. I'm
1: happy to work hard. Uh, um, I just felt this thing of, like, wanting to do other stuff. Like, I want to make my own shows, and I want to, like, you know... And who the fuck knows? This could be the, you know, this podcast you could listen to as, like, the the start of like a terrible downward spiral. Like I'm coming off of like four days of like having not worked at this job. So like, wow. this could be like, you're like on how to fail at comedy writing. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, 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 but you know, uh, I, I want to make my own stuff yeah. and I want to do things. And I think that there's a, a limited opportunity to do that. Like, uh, uh, and, and I think that, you know, um, like I said, it's not so much that it's a grind. It's just that I think to do really, really good at that job, you have to fully give yourself over to it. You need to structure your entire life around, like, writing for this show. Like, you got to be asleep at, like, 10 a.m., ten p.m. got to be awake at 6. Like, you know, you have to give yourself over to this. Like, you're doing this between, like, 7 in the morning and 5 p.m. at night. And then, like, at that point, like, how much energy do you really have to, like, do anything else? Like, right. And if you split time between either thing, I think that that's not being fair to the Kimmel show. That's not, that would that be to me, not giving over everything that I can to the show. And uh, then simultaneously it would be like not being fair to like the other things. I, I feel the urge to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, so I, 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 I I I just thought that I had to do it. I you know, I'm I'm it might be ridiculous. It might have been a ridiculous thing to do mm-hmm. cuz as you said the money is good uh, <laughs> at these shows um but I was able to save up some money. I I uh, I and, and um you know,
0: I I want to pursue some other things. Yeah, it's great. I mean uh I don't know. I always remember uh the Jay Leno on Louie. Yeah. And like I guess cuz Louie there was a the whole arc where he was like going to be like a late night host or something. Right, yes, I remember this. And then Jay Leno was like uh I think he said like it's it, like it was kind of, like, really interesting. Like, it was kind of really... Um, I don't know. Was, Jalen was very vulnerable. And he was saying, yeah. like, it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. I don't think it is easy. I think yeah. that an element um,
1: that I think people don't recognize about this is that um, when you're a late night host, you have to be there every day. Yeah. And that, like, doesn't sound like much. But, like, there's a lot... They're doing these shows, like, every... like. Think about it like you're a celebrity. You're making all this money. Like, you are known by everybody. You're friends with all these other celebrities, and they're all like, I'm going to Greece for the summer. And you're like, I only ever get off two weeks consecutively <laughs> yeah. for the rest of my life. Like, for the foreseeable future, I will only ever not be in that office for 14 days. And I don't know... I, I it's hard. I don't think it's an easy job. I think I think you have to like really fucking focus. You have to be really good at it, and you know it takes a really specific type of person to to be able to do that job. Um, and you know, I I really enjoyed it for a long time. I got a lot out of it. I think I'm a much better writer for it. I'm a much faster writer for it. But
0: um, you know, I I, I want to do other things. Yeah. So you're working on your own projects now. Yeah. Uh, is it TV or, or film? Or? I'm working on a TV thing okay. uh, with a couple guys uh, uh, that I, I, I shouldn't talk about. Yeah, I yeah. guess, because
1: that seems to be the you know the the or how people are here or something. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't really understand like why you're not allowed to talk about this stuff, but I, I understand that it's bad luck or something like that. So uh, I, I won't understand. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, other yeah. guys I'm working on it with would be like, why did you do that right, if, right, I, right, if right. I talk about it? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, I'm trying to work on other things. They're in various stages of realness and completion, mm-hmm. uh, um, and. You know, hopefully I'll be able to make money doing it. That would be nice. Yeah.
0: So so now that you have uh more time. So what 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 are your writing rituals like? God, I am like trying to develop what yeah. that's going to be. I I really am because you know,
1: I you know, this uh doing the Kimmel show really did make me um uh uh you know, uh, God, it made me very disciplined. Uh, mm-hmm. Um and so like I I want to keep up that discipline. I need to figure out a method by which to do that. Uh um I'm, you know, rearranging my home office and shit like i'm like i bought like a day planner i'm gonna start like like having tasks to do every day and stuff like that because i i'm just very worried i'm like i've been unemployed before you know i think this time i have like a little bit more focus and like i have an agent now who's like gonna try to like send me up for stuff and tell me shit to do but like you know it's a very slippery slope to just be like i'll like have one hit of weed in the morning and then i you know (laughs) uh, i'll like well i'll play one video game or something like that it's like i like all that shit i don't want to like stop smoking weed and play video games and stuff but like fuck i just can't be doing that stuff in the afternoon i'm very scared also of these uh these lunches my my therapist told me he was like watch out for like having lunch every day like this idea of like if you go to lunch with people it like feels like it's like something that you have to do like you're like oh we'll all meet up for lunch and then it's like 5 p.m after that oh, like, I see. this like have going out to lunch even with like professional buddies or whatever it's a good way to like kill an entire day mm-hmm. so i'm gonna watch out for having lunch with other people <laughs> i'll
0: have it at home <laughs> uh okay do, do you have any tips for uh young comedy writers? Um, <laughs> God, I don't know. Uh, um,
1: I guess, you know, just try to do things that are interesting that uh, <laughs> that you like yourself. And I know a lot of people say that or whatever, but I, I think it's very easy to get distracted by, um, you know this idea of getting representation or of like doing the right kind of spec or any of that kind of shit. uh, um, I don't actually think any of that is that useful. I think that like getting representation too early can in some ways uh, uh, be not the best. Like if you end up like if you're seeking it out too hard and uh, uh, and you don't get the right person, then uh, I think that you can be you know waylaid down the wrong path. Uh, I think that everybody, especially when you're young and you're like starting out like this might be the like only time that you get to do things that are like really interesting that you really want to do. And that's, you know, kind of what I did for my whole career until things started happening. Like we didn't do the, what's going on show because we thought it was going to be like, you know, become a pilot for FX. We just thought this would be a funny thing to do. Um, so I I would just tell people like, you know, try to try to do what's interesting. Like, don't worry too much about, uh, making money because you won't make money for a very long time. Uh, Um, And I don't know, uh, um, try to do stuff that you find funny uh, as opposed to stuff that you think other people will find funny. And then also that thing I said before about like, go away. Like if you're going intern or something like that, like leave so that they'll see you uh, for what you actually are, because they'll never see you as anything uh, other than what they're currently seeing
0: you as until you go away. Yeah, it's good. It's good advice. Okay. So we're going to wrap up. Okay. With you. Critiquing some jokes I wrote. Okay, for um, God's sake. I know. Every everyone always reacts like that. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna go back and listen to Saunders doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he was he was extremely. Uh, yeah, he was he was very reticent to do this. Okay. Uh, okay, these are sketch ideas. Okay. Uh, that could be done on stage or as videos. All right. Okay. So, uh, a sex ed teacher who knows nothing about sex. Okay. So, uh, um. Uh, how how real do you want me to be here and how yeah. do you want me to be here be
1: real be real uh uh i don't know how uh, um i don't know if that idea is like specific enough for me okay. you know what i mean I, and i also feel like like you know if it was something weird like you know they like think sex is how it was in one movie they saw or something mm-hmm. like that to my mind this just feels like it could get unwieldy too quickly like it will just be like the you know, the penis goes in the ear or something. Like, I think it should have a little bit more of a, of a specific take to it.
0: I guess I was I was also thinking he's, he's very confident. He's a very confident okay. sex ed teacher, if that I helps. mean, but
1: also, like, what is
0: it, like, where does this come from for you? You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. Like, to my mind, like, uh, uh, I, I, I just am like, like it's fine it's fine what the fuck do you want me to say it's no. okay write it i'll read the sketch it's good <laughs> no, I. No, I, I just, yeah. to me it feels like it's like this is an idea that com- that reads to me as like someone who was trying to come up with yeah. sketch ideas yeah. you know what i that's mean like, i don't think that this happened to you i don't like no right. uh, uh also i'm like very prickly when it comes to sketches now yeah, yeah. so
0: it's, it's difficult for me mm-hmm. anyway let's hear the next one. Oh, i don't feel good anymore fuck okay me. here we go uh Uh, oh god this sound this actually i don't even want to read this one uh a nascar talk show called driver to driver with adam driver as the host and mini driver and donald driver this is a sketch
1: that would probably get you a lot of views and stuff like that people would like this sketch Mm -hmm. uh i don't get it it wouldn't be for me a lot a lot of times when i watch sketches now i'll just Mm -hmm. say i'm like a lot of times I watch them and I'm like, so what? Who gives a shit? Like yeah, when, yeah. when you, even when you say like a sex ed teacher who doesn't know about sex, I'm just yeah. like, like, did that, did that happen to you? Like, right. what do I give a fuck about? This guy doesn't yeah, know yeah, about yeah. sex. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. That one, um, it, it definitely, uh, they, it would probably do very well. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that it would be very interesting to me. <laughs> Unless you had a very funny take on like Adam Driver, who, how Adam Driver is or something yeah. like that. But it just feels a little like, I don't know. I don't know what this is going right. to get
0: me. Okay. Uh this is fucked. You shouldn't do this part. No, I like this. No, you know what? It's cuz like the first couple times I, I did yeah. it, the people have been very very like yeah, that's good. are <laughs> like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine." Okay. So I like this. Yeah, this okay, is good. Okay, sure. I'm very sorry. No, no, it's good. Uh I wish I I, I wish I had come with better stuff cuz I think I I had better stuff in other episodes and now I'll I listen wish listen to the other ones. I'll listen to Saunders. I'll send you emails being mean about those ones too. <laughs> uh okay. Uh a guy joins the police academy thinking it's going to be like the movies okay i mean look i kind of like that it's
1: fine uh i you know uh, it it, it, you've hit me in a sweet spot here because i like (laughs) the police academy movies a lot but generally (laughs) in general i i i'm 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 wary of anything that is like too heavily just referencing like the 80s or something like that and the other thing i would caution you on is that the police academy movies are very very funny like i think that a lot of times there's like a a, uh, um i think that there's a a a weird new uh, instinct to try to like rip on like older comedy stuff and I'm Mm -hmm. like Like whenever I see a sketch like that at UCB, like where they're like making fun of Borat or something like that, I'm like, Borat is so much funnier than this sketch. (laughs) It it was so much funnier. (laughs) It made me laugh so much. Like I think you have to really like walk the line there because it's possible that I'll watch that and I'll be like, I wish I was watching fucking Police Academy. (laughs) Right.
0: I guess what I was thinking is it would be kind of like a reference at the beginning Uh and then it'd move away from that and just be bad. Some version
1: of that, like I mean, I would even what I would even pitch you on for that instead of it being like a guy who's like I watched Police Academy or something, Mm -hmm. like I would maybe set it in the actual world of police academy and be oh, okay. like i'm a guy like well, i was at this like kind of wacky police academy yeah. where like one guy he like used all these different voices another guy this and that and they're like well that's not how any fucking police academy right. is. Yeah. and then he's having to like go through but like it's not so it's not so much about like i watched the movie it's like i lived through that and now i've been transferred to this one or yeah something. yeah seems interesting to me that would also be a good pitch for an actual police academy movie Is like the the, like the police academy gets taken over by the real cops to like to like shape up the place or whatever. Anyways, uh, um, that could be one of them. I don't think I've seen all the police academy movies. Yeah. Anyways, that would be my pitch for that. Yeah, it's great. Set that in the world of reality because Mm -hmm. to my mind, like. The weirdest thing about that is not that he expected it to be like police academy, it's that anyone in the world expected a real thing to be like a movie
0: in general. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Like that's, that's a good almost point. like stranger. Like yeah. he's dumber in like a real dumb way. Like Yeah, that's the problem with sketches sometimes. It's like sometimes you think they're like dumb, and that's that's when you have like a bad sketch, I think.
1: I, I have an issue a lot of times with like sketch characters yeah. cuz like with this one, you know, I, again, I have this issue a lot of times where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, what if a guy thought police academy was like police academy and i'm like so fucking what like who yeah. cares like i guess that would be fun that's just you like having an idea i don't that's know that's interesting because like,
0: i think uh you're you're kind of taught well i just i don't know about like at ecb now it's like, like oh what's a game it's like what if this is i true? know i don't like what if yeah my, my, I, I always said this in my sketch classes that yeah. i don't like what if
1: i like isn't it funny how i think if you like ah. see something out there that you find funny how do you structure that's the same way i was talking yeah. about the kimmel jokes too it's mm-hmm. like I am observing something that I find funny. Now, how do I express that through a sketch? Because now you're actually talking about like something that other people might've observed in their real world too. I think game is very good. I think it's like a very useful thing to heighten your sketches, but just the starting place, like when you're coming up with premise, I'm so much more on the side of like, you know, almost like seinfeld like, observational jokes. Like, not not necessarily that I even like those jokes in stand-up, right. but, like, those kind of observations, I think, are best suited to be, like, formed into sketches or formed into... So so when I... when I I don't like, wouldn't it be funny if... Because yeah. I'm just, like, my answer to that question is always, like, I guess? I don't know. Like, is that real? What the fuck? Yeah. I don't care. Like, Interesting. I don't know. I think the best sketches... I, and I It's very difficult to... You know, it'd be hard for me to... Um, I don't know if this would stand up to scrutiny, but I think if you go back and like look at all the best sketches that you like, they all come from a place of like observing something in the real world and then applying that to comedic theory. Interesting. I think I actually think like, you know, if you look at the most random stuff, like if you look at like Tim and Eric, I think that a lot of people got like the total wrong message from Tim and Eric and they just got the sort of editing and everything when really they are like observing the real world and just making it more absurd. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, almost every one of their sketches is is based in like a real reality and then it's just heightened out crazily. Yeah, What we took away from it was just like quick editing and like bad takes and stuff, and that's become every commercial in the world. Uh, But that's not really at the core of what those guys were doing. Isn't that sad that like the commercials are now like it's too bad yeah <laughs> it's too bad it's too bad uh, uh, whatever it is what it is yeah. it just means everyone has to innovate more you know what right. i mean like i like tim and eric bedtime stories because uh, uh i thought that it was like oh, i like that these guys are um they're not just doing the same old shit like you know awesome show was great uh but it did it did influence comedy in a lot of like bad ways and i think that they mm-hmm. recognize that when yeah. i when i watched bedtime stories i was like this is more mature i like it a lot
0: that, that whole episode is like yeah that's a fucking good episode yeah, that's, that's a, good a episode. really good episode. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jack, what do you want to plug? Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing? Cool. I think I'm done,
1: actually. I don't need to plug anything. <laughs> okay. I fine. can't. I mean, my Twitter. I go on, on Twitter, Jack Allison, LOL. Uh, um, but I don't I don't know. Listen to... I, I don't know. I don't have anything to plug, really. That's it. Sorry, guys. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. This was interesting.
0: <laughs> it was a good time. Sorry I was mean about your sketches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode of On Comedy Writing. This is our fourth episode, so make sure you check out our episodes with Joe Saunders, Devin Field, and The Devastator. I want to thank Nick Doss for supplying the sweet tunes, Zachary Glassman for the awesome logo, and Justin R. Bobby for producing the whole show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, and like and follow on Comedy Writing on Facebook and Twitter. See you next week.